We're celebrating Thanksgiving with a little bit of nonsense. Apropos of nothing starts now. Chris Hill, and let me say right up front, this is not the typical episode. No stock talk, no investing analysis. This is apropos of nothing. An episode where me and a couple of other longtime fools get around a table, pour ourselves something to drink, and have a good time talking about random topics. And today it's things like what sports mascot should represent all of America? What movie characters do we want to see more of? And if you had to go into the witness relocation program, where would you go? And what would you do for a job? I know a lot of you right now are dropping out and moving on to another podcast. No hard feelings, I promise. But if you're looking to get a little break from some members of your family, if you're looking to kill a little time as you travel, if you're far away from your family and friends and you're just looking for some familiar voices to help you pass the time, and come hang out with me, Bill Mann, and Bill Barker. If you have listened to Apropos of Nothing episodes that we've done in the past, you know we've discussed various Mount Rushmores related to eating. Things like, what would we put on the Mount Rushmore of soups, or the Mount Rushmore of greasy foods? Since today is a holiday, I figured we should start the conversation with the Mount Rushmore of Thanksgiving side dishes. This might be the easiest one. Like the least contentious, because uh, is there anyone who's against stuffing and mashed potatoes? I, the primary I mean, question to me seems to be: is is it possible to go with four different variations of stuffing for the Mount Rushmore? Do you, does anything else crack stuffing's you know four best versions? What are the four best versions? I I just have the sausage one. I've had I've had a cornbread one in the past. Yeah. Um, what other what are we doing? No, I'm just. What other ones are there? Are we throwing this out here now, or are we saving it for the show? I think we're doing the show right now. I don't know. <laughs> if, I don't know if you've been on this yeah, podcast I've, before, but this is uh, this is all happening. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair so, enough. so we you, are. We do have our headphones on. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I still feel like mashed potatoes has a place. Sure. It is gravy. Does gravy count? No, gravy's a condiment. Gravy is not a side dish. If, if, I mean, if, not unless you treat it as a side dish. <laughs> if you how take how a would couple... you look at someone who showed up at your Thanksgiving dinner and they just like poured themselves a hot cup of gravy and they're like, "This is my side dish. I'm just going to drink this." Impressed. <laughs> a little I'd want I'd want to <laughs> hang out with that guy because let's face it, it is a guy. One hundred percent is a guy. <laughs> There's no way a woman is doing that. No. The problem, I guess, the main problem with putting uh, gravy on the Mount Rushmore is carving it into the the granite, right? right I mean, how, how, do you, how do you represent that in rock form? What is that? <laughs> That's gravy. It's gravy. It's like, it doesn't look like gravy. It's like, say, say what we, is that, John Adams? What is that? <laughs> say what you want about Mount Rushmore. We know who those four people look like. That's right. But what else you got? You, I think like, I, uh, I, green beans. And no, like no. I would, stuffing. I would go, I would go stuffing, mashed potatoes. I would go mac and cheese, mm -hmm. and 
Cranberry relish is popular at the Thanksgiving in Massachusetts. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yes, shocker. Everywhere else, I would almost specifically say it's the cranberry that keeps the form of the can that it's been in, like that cranberry aspic. Yeah, that's classic. It is a classic. Also, also to 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 the point we were made earlier, much easier to render on the mountain. Than cranberry sauce. Otherwise. Yeah, but are we, it, that's not the point of, of a Mount Rush. It's it, it, it's not our job to make the sculptor's <laughs> job right. easier. Let's leave that to the artist. I mean, that's let's leave that to the professionals. I just uh, I just feel like the whole thing reduces itself to like uh, the spam from uh, Monty Python, where they start talking about the, the, there's like <laughs> spam eggs, bacon, and and to, you know, and then it's the spam, the spam. Can I get that without bacon, eggs? And then it's just spam, 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 and Make it, you know, and and so it, stuffing just keeps adopting that role of spam in, in the top four. I, until yeah, it's all no, four. Stu- stuffing. Uh, the fact that I only have it once a year, uh, that's on me. That's you've been known. You've been known to get a little testy about uh, not enough stuffing. There was at, one at, at a Hill family yeah. Thanksgiving. There was one Thanksgiving. And, I am uh, going to suggest, but people, but people still talk about it. Uh, I don't know. If Is my... it still a, a piece of family lore? No. Your, your reaction to, to I don't not think getting so. enough stuffing? I don't stuffing? think so. I think there was just an adjustment made because it w- it wasn't just like, oh, I didn't get stuffing. It was that a, a good number of people who got stuffing and then were looking forward to seconds. I also had them on my side because they were like, wait a minute, there's not enough stuffing for seconds? And I was like, yeah, not only that, I didn't even get first. And they were like, well, okay, we'll settle down. But, so, yeah, it, 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 we adjusted. We course corrected the following year and every year since. What about for the Mount Rushmore? Because I think it is one of the very few marshmallow based foods. Uh oh. The sweet potatoes with marshmallow. You're just making something up. No, I'm not. Is that a regional thing? <laughs> I don't like know. Regional within only your have... household or what? Like, no, no, no. Uh, I've, 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 I've been to like potluck dinners where that's shown up. But I've only, just sort of thought, there, oh, okay. There are only two things that are made with marshmallows, and that's Rice Krispie treats and s'mores. There is there is no third thing they're used for. Fluffernutter. Fluffernutter. My gosh. What? Well, that's its own food. I do like yeah that is that 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 is magical argumentation. There are two things made with this. Well, what about that? Oh no. No. That's not made with that. That is that. Because implicit in saying that is the person who raises was like, well, "What about this third thing?" It's like you're not thinking creatively. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're thinking two-dimensionally. That's right. What's wrong with you? It's just this, this undercurrent of insult that goes along with it. Like, no, no, I've thought this through. We put top men on this, and it's its own category. Right. Which I would I would buy. There aren't that many marshmallow-driven savory dishes, though. Not that no. sweet potatoes are savory, but they're not not savory. No, but the Big marshmallow needs to get working on that. Right, they've lost basically the Jello marshmallow ambrosia type stuff. That's 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 back in the shag carpet age at this point. Yeah, and it comes out every once in a while. But it's like, yeah. sorry, sorry, you're still a niche food. Have you ever been through like a 1960s catalog uh, or a recipe book with some of the things that were made with gelatin? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just you know it's. 
<laughs> Chef Boyardee Jello Mold. <laughs> and for all we know, that represented the best mass market thinking of the time. They may have been like, no, this is oh no, this is how we do it. You're oh. welcome, everybody. Here's this recipe. This is oat. Yeah. All right, can you pass that bottle <laughs> that's in front of you? Yeah, and and move on to the reader. Thank questions you, by the way, here. for the uh, for the. Have we introduced it? Have we? By do, all means. Who is this episode brought to us by? It is brought to us by Dead Rabbit Irish Whiskey, which is a super premium whiskey. They actually have. You were over there. I was over in Ireland, and I was delighted to bring it back. And only then did I discover that they have a. Um, a New York outpost. Oh my God, this is so smooth. <laughs> it is so smooth, and it's only five years old. Yeah, this is this is. I'd never heard of this before. You brought it back, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that is. This. I mean, not today, but we're going to need more of this. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> today yeah, we, we need, may end up with an I adequate know, amount. Yeah, that, we yeah. don't need more than one bottle for the three of us. It's, it's like twelve fifteen. In the afternoon, yeah. But what is time, really? <laughs> right. Can you move on to the the reader questions here? Because you got some uh, listener questions. Because yeah, you we... got some good ones. You asked for them. Yes. And remarkably, people listened to what you were saying. Right. Which is news to me. Right. <laughs> well, I didn't realize one needed to do that. Can we just back up? For those that haven't been around for this kind of thing before, uh, we've discussed that the the theme for this and show, not just this show, but most of our conversations with each, with each other. Is affectionate hostility. Yes. So, um, yeah. Why don't you get to the point? So, uh, <laughs> so one. Here's one from uh, from Christy. Um, love this idea because again, we, we sort of put out like, hey, we're we're looking for topics that aren't investing in business, and unfortunately, some people sent emails with, why don't you talk about? This business, and uh, and Christy gets it because she wrote through no fault of your own. You must go through the witness protection program. No social media, no self promotion. Totally go gray man. Where do you relocate, and what low key mundane job are you doing? And uh, I love that she just led with, "This is not your fault, right? <laughs> through no fault of your own." However. Probably a mental exercise we've all done at one point or another. Yeah, just like okay, what what if it, what if it came to that? Yeah, there's we're, another reader question where it is our fault that that we're in a predicament. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get, to, get that. to that. We'll get to that one. But um, but we're going to take a couple of detours before we get there. Where <laughs> where would you go? Because it, 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 both questions are great, and I'm able to I was able to lock in on the mundane job earlier. Uh, then I was. I'm still not clear on where I would go, but I. I'm presuming it would have to be out of this time zone. It would have uh, to be somewhere in the Midwest, the West Coast, something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think one of the things you have to take into consideration is, are uh, you know, pr- presumably you're not traveling alone, right? You're you're going with your spouse. Presumably, yes. Right. So you have to take that into consideration. Right. Whereas you might have certain choices. That has they have to that, be weighed. That changes a huge amount of my consideration. I assume uh, it, that you I'm, literally hadn't thought about that part at all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really sorry. I know this is a hypothetical. In, in, but in, in my <laughs> attempts to be funny, I didn't think about the fact that you might need to come along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where were you going? I was going to go to Northern Michigan, but you know, I think that why uh, can't why can't you bring her? She would be 
the Asian community of Northern Michigan. It would be easier to find. It you would be easier to find. Her. I am presuming. I am presuming you're hiding in plain sight it's, here. It's Trevor Noah's um, bit that he does about. Um, Idris Elba being the next James Bond, right? Exactly, and just sort of like, what, what do you mean? Of course, Idris Elba could be the next James Bond, and then it's like, oh wait, James Bond is from Scotland, right? And he's a spy, <laughs> and if Idris Elba, yeah, is James you... Bond, it would be like, oh, there he is. He's What's Mar- Marissa Tomei's line from My Cousin Venny? Yeah, you bland. Yeah, oh yeah, you bland. <laughs> Shoot, um, so yeah, and 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 that is that that is that is not to make any commentary, but someone would notice, yeah, because that's. That's the thing, but it's, also I'd go looking for you there. Presumably, we're on the hit squad, you <laughs> and I, like tracking him down. Where are we going to look? Are we? Northern Michigan is 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 one of the places where because you you're always going there. I do, I do, I love it. Yeah, Michigan is Michigan is low key one of the most beautiful states in the country. And every time I say that, my friends from Michigan always say that's because you come here in August. But right. I still 100 percent believe. Right, go back in January and let us. Yeah, you just. Yeah. So, just, just fill us in. But, so that, but, but that, you know, he's he's not wrong in thinking about really? like, how, yeah. Okay. I, it gives me no pleasure to say that. Um, but he's not wrong when he says, you know, you got you got to keep a low profile. Hence the question: like, you have to have a low key, mundane job. There's no social media. You're keeping a low profile. Yeah. So that's why I was able to lock in on like, oh, dishwasher. I'd be a dishwasher yep. somewhere. I'm in the back. Nobody's. Really, I'm not really interacting with customers. I'm just washing dishes. Now, where that is. I mean, it's not northern Michigan, but uh, you know, well, some someplace we wouldn't look for you, right? I'm, although, uh, if you went to Maine, it would be hard to find you, because <laughs> there's a lot of moose, there's a, there's a lot of wild <laughs> animals, and it's it's just it's hard to find people there. Yeah. So, and you, uh, I think I'd be a dance instructor. Okay, Bill Barker has described himself as a surprisingly good dancer for a very long time. Um, so again, the question is <laughs> mundane job. I, I've I've never been a dance instructor. I don't think I know any. Yeah, it doesn't strike me as a mundane job. What, really? Yeah, a dance instructor strikes you as like high profile. <laughs> yeah, I think why? So. If you're good at it, <laughs> do you know any? No. There but, you go. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I feel qualified to be I've a dishwasher. Put you on, I've put you on your heels here. <laughs> I wasn't expecting dance instructor. I'll be honest. I again, I, I would do a good job as a dishwasher. Tell me why I'm hiring you to be a dance instructor That's, in my studio. Here's here's one of the advantages. I wouldn't have many students. <laughs> no, you I, would I, not. I, I need to maintain a low profile, but so there there wouldn't be like oh everybody's heard of that guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he would have a different name. He doesn't look like he could probably dance or instruct. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, it would I'd just be hanging around a lot. Okay, and people would knock uh, every once in a while. Like I'm thinking of taking lessons, and they'd meet me and be like, eh. yeah. They'd be polite about it, but then they'd go look somewhere else. That's some third level thinking right there. I'm going to go work in like an ice cream shop in central Tennessee. Okay. Like Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Like a medium sized, smallish town where I do something that is. You know, you go into an ice cream shop. You're not the focus. The ice cream is the focus. Always. But always. Over time, don't you become 
gigantically overweight <laughs> and draw attention to yourself. I mean, you're working in the ice cream shop. That's not very nice. I'm just saying anybody, right? No, like anybody with say my level of self control. Well, okay. uh, working in an ice cream shop oh, yeah. eventually yeah. is going to be kind of like, wow. Do you see what happened to that guy? Have you ever worked in okay? a food environment? Have you ever like? Yes. Worked in fast food. Here's the thing, and I and I and I really do mean this. After a while, and it doesn't take very long for most people, the food that is there is no longer a drive for you. It's not that attractive, and I don't care what it is. I think you're not making very good ice cream. I think I'm making cream. great ice cream, but it can't be great, great ice cream because I don't. I need to be working at a middle of the road ice cream place. Speaking of ice cream, I don't know about you, but. It's been months since I've seen chocolate sprinkles on the shelf at the grocery store, and I'm starting to get concerned that there's a, a, a global shortage. You got a conspiracy theory for that? I, I don't know. Big chocolate is finally trying to maybe, take down. Maybe it's big marshmallow is, is trying to inflict some pain That's where into some starting. other parts right. of the industry. I've got a related question, um, which is uh, asked early on if you had any hot takes on the multiverse. Sure. Um, or AI, or or the metaverse, anything in that category. I don't. You don't. <laughs> great question. I really great question. I don't. So here's the like. So in the multiverse, right? Infinite number of of universes out there. You know, and in some of them, you know, rather than being exactly as you are, like you're incredibly tall, like taller than my new bowl or something like that, and and some you're. You know, growing up in Asia, and, and there's an infinite number of varieties of yourself, right? Okay. But I understand, and and in many of these, by the way, I'm a pretty good dancer. <laughs> in, in many of these, but I think it's already been mathematically proven that there is no version of me in any universe that can be where I can sing. So, you're saying, gun to your head. Gun to the heads of your family. An infinite number of me. And you're in a karaoke bar, and it's like, you got to sing one song or, or say goodbye to your family. And you're like, I guess I'm saying goodbye to my family. No, they're like, like, oh, that guy is trying to sing. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I can try to sing, sure, okay. but there's no, there's no version in the multiverse, I think, where somebody would say, oh, that guy's singing. That guy, I, yeah, he can sing. Like There are versions of me where uh, you know, I can do every other thing, right. but just not that, which I think is a challenge to the whole concept of the multiverse, because of the infinite possibilities. But I think it's, I think it's been mathematically proven <laughs> by top men. Some of the folks at MIT got Top men at MIT have established that it's a, it's a the, major challenge to the theory of, of the infinite. Before the folks at University of Alaska Anchorage did that uh, scientific research on alcohol tolerance in hamsters, they tackled the multiverse question? We'll get to that. I mean, that thing is amazing. <laughs> that I think thing you, is just amazing. <laughs> I was blown away by that. I think that you are underestimating the what infinity means when it comes to the multiverse because you know that's yeah, it's like more than a hundred right exactly in an infinite in an infinite amount of multiverses in some of the multiverses you are only slightly different right maybe your eyes are better yeah or something of that nature or you know you had 
you had or you're you, good at real tennis you actually tennis like the rest play. of the world like cheese on burgers and things of that nature right right but in other ones you know as Chuck Klosterman said you know the world is ruled by robotic wolves that feed on liquid cobalt right so yes yeah. I think that it is possible in one of these infinite Multiverses. No, I mean, uh, I think this has been looked at. Like, in <laughs> some of them, I'm like, I'm Spider-Man. Getting and, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson on the phone. You know, born in the 1700s, and like sure. every other variation. But I think it's it's like I say, top men have looked at this, and and it's a real challenge. Another question from a listener uh, identified only by the letter E. Uh, That's actually me from the Witness Protection Program. My my job is to write listener questions. If you can't write your whole name, we're 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 skeptical. You better bring it with the question. I'm assuming E is um, a position, you know, in a position of high authority, much like M in the Bond movies. Right. Uh, E writes, "You guys are stranded on a sailboat in the middle of nowhere." Sounds good. Who would you blame for being in this situation? I think we're blaming you. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we all agree. It, somehow you're you're like it, it may not have been your idea to like hey let's go on the boat but like in the middle of nowhere it's like oh yeah it was on. it was your idea to go at night after finishing off this bottle yes exactly like I, the rest of us were like had a, had a normal idea of going out in the boat I will say this about me and this is why I unfortunately have to agree with you I have an unbelievably great sense of directions. Like I just, you can drop me down someplace, and I tend to know where I am going. But when it lets me down, it lets me down so catastrophically, so hard, so hard, because I don't. It doesn't occur to me until way too late that I really have no idea where I'm going. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's not great for this conversation that we just all agree with me and move on. But one hundred percent, what has happened is that I've looked at like, oh, that's Mars. We go that direction, and it turns out that was neither Mars nor the right nor the right way to go. Yeah. And you all have trusted that we're in the 99% and not in the 1%. Yeah, that's just a flashing red buoy on the shore. Yeah, that's right. It's like, look, it's red. It's a planet. It's awfully low. That's right. <laughs> and flashing. <laughs> and kind of neon. Maybe, maybe Mars is trying to tell us something. In his defense, though, minor defense, it was after we polished off this bottle. <laughs> we listened to him. Yeah. I mean, it, what does that say about us? Exactly. It was. It really was the getting on the boat that was the original problem. Yeah. Um, Let me throw this one out here because people will, those who choose to listen, will be listening. um, The ones who are left? Yeah. Yeah. uh, After the Men's World Cup has started. And so, just like the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics, there is a mascot for the World Cup. (laughs) But I was thinking through what if it was like college sports and each team gets to bring their mascot. So here's the scenario: we get to bring a mascot to represent Team USA, mm-hmm. but it has to be an existing mascot from one of the major professional sports. Existing or one that has ever existed? You know, it's apropos of nothing. So yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> as, as the judge would say, I'll allow it. Um, but I, I think, and this this pains me slightly as a as a fan of Boston sports teams. I think I'm going with Gritty. I, th- I think Gritty from the Philadelphia Flyers representing Team USA. I think that's. I think that would represent America well. Oh, so I th- I was taking this a little bit more literally. 
as, as to the mascot. Oh. Uh, and and if you're bringing a mascot uh, to represent the United States, obviously. You're bringing an eagle, right? Right. I was, but what I'm thinking of is like the eagle from Lord of the Rings, you know, that like Gandalf flies around on and is is like sixty feet wide. Because a magical that, super eagle. Because that that would help you win some soccer games. <laughs> right. Keep in mind, I mean, he's just ma- perched there on the stadium, and every time the other team touches the ball, it just makes you know the the eagle noise, and they're there they're worried. Gritty is a great mascot. Like full stop, like instant oh. hit mascot. If you go back in time just a little bit, I would suggest maybe the San Diego chicken might be the one that we It's uh, more representative of America. It's maybe a little more representative of America. And I don't know if you remember this, but there became this mascot one-upsmanship. So after after the San Diego Diego chicken became just famous for being a mascot of whatever. Um, it started with the Padres, didn't it? Yeah. 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 The Yankees actually had a mascot called Dandy. <laughs> How long did that last? Three nobody, years. Nobody remembers that. <laughs> Three years. It looked like Thurman Munson, but it was a large pinstriped bird that looked like Thurman Munson. Wow. And you, and Bill Barker, our resident Yankees fan, is currently looking this up. I'm not. I'm, I refuse to believe this ever happened. <laughs> Because I listened to the Yankees by radio back then, and so you so didn't, we didn't see. We didn't waste time on uh, on the Phil Rizzuto, who would talk about everything but the baseball game. Never talked about the the mascot. Well, that's probably why it only lasts for two years. Because if you lose Phil Rizzuto in the Yankees organization, <laughs> yeah. you've lost the whole organization. Maybe this is what's important about. Dandy is that Dandy was meant to represent the Yankees and therefore the United States of America. But who would not be terrified of a giant pinstriped bird that looks like Thurman Munson? On a related subject, because we've often <laughs> there's no subject related to that. Yeah, there is. I dare uh, you. We've often talked about the uh, attractiveness of thinking about the different buddy cop. Uh, scenarios. Yes. Uh, CEO buddy cops. Um, but uh, is there some um, mascot buddy cop movie you'd like to see where there's some mitch- mismatched mascots, but they solve crimes? Yes, they're mascots, but they also solve crimes. And they don't necessarily get along with each other at the beginning. At the beginning. But at the beginning. Because eventually they come to have a begrudging respect for one another. Exactly. In this scenario, um, who's the who's the captain? Because in the buddy cop movie, there's always the captain who's like, you know, demanding, like, I need some results. The mayor just chewed me out. That kind of thing. I need your gun and your badge on my desk. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I'm assuming also a, a mascot. I'm assuming it's another mascot. It's, it's Oscar the Grouch. I think <laughs> he could do that. He could He's not that. technically a mascot, but he can he can fill that role. Sure, pretty good, right? Yeah, he's a grouch. Yeah, <laughs> he's a grouch. That's part of the problem. We just need to get him to be the mascot of what? I mean, I'm tempted to go uh, in terms of mismatched mascots, uh, in terms of skill set. So maybe you've got the like the Maryland Terrapin, 
very slow, obviously. Presumably thoughtful, intelligent. I don't know. What are turtles supposed to be smart? I'm confusing them with owls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the world's smartest what? turtle and the world's dumbest owl in the room and see what happens. Why don't you just fill that glass up a little more <laughs> before you gain right. any more That's coherence? Right. You, don't, you don't need to say you, making yeah. too much sense. <laughs> I'm going to say at least one of them should be Chomps the Dog, which is the Cleveland Browns dog mascot. And Chomps, he seems like he could solve crimes. Yes, yes. But he also seems like he's going to do a lot of other things before he gets around to solving the crime. Chomps the Dog, based on the dog pound, which is the mayhem part of the Cleveland Browns fan base, and I'm assured there is one. I yeah. feel like that's at least half of it. Uh, who, who were you matching up with? You, you had one. Uh, you know, I think the Maryland Terrapin, maybe with uh, something fast of some sort, some sort of roadrunner, some sort of roadrunner, some sort of uh, cougar, leopard, mountain lion. <laughs> you know, like, like, and then, then you something get... that doesn't eat turtles. Let's start there. Right. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> uh, that would be a conflict. But yeah, but that that actually so you're gets... taking sort of a Zootopia angle. On yes, this. although it, it it does remind me that there are there are teams out there that have basically abandoned their team name in favor of something else. So the Denver Nuggets. They, their mascot who shows up in the arena is, is it a piles of poop. No, no, it's a mountain lion. Oh, okay. It's like I'm, I, I think because I think the Nuggets that would be an unbelievable yeah. mascot. No, it's a it's a mountain lion who just sort of runs around and is more friendly than presumably a gold miner from the 1840s. You know, the gold miners, when you think about classic gold miners, I mean, from mythology, you really think about Yukon Cornelius, right? Silver. I mean, he's a silver miner. Come on. <laughs> That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> he's a silver miner. Wait, but we, we the, the song about silver and gold, which you know follows his adventures, right? That's true. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's really. Pearl Ives is. is yeah. He's aware of the existence of gold. How great would that be? And peppermint. I mean, what he was actually mining for was remarkably peppermint. Right, yeah. and we're we're getting we're we're getting into the territory. The we're, really, we're getting we, off subject, yeah. off topic here. <laughs> off topic. <laughs> really, that's something we should be exploring at the next apropos nothing in December. We were accidentally on topic. I may actually say when you talk about mismatched buddy cops, I also think you maybe need to think about what teams really dislike each other. So. I'm 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 doubling down on on uh, my Cleveland Browns mascot, the dog. Match him up with Steely McBeam, the Steelers mascot, and they hate each other. They absolutely hate each other, but they can't solve crimes without each other. Different skills. Different skills. One's got a giant steel beam he carries around, you know, for you know, let me guess. for the mayhem. Let me guess, he's the bad cop in the bad cop scenario, like right. <laughs> it seems like he'd like dogs, though. That's that's the problem. Not a dog from Cleveland. Not a, not a yeah. Cleveland dog. No. All right, so movies. Yeah, I'm changing topics here. <laughs> For those that couldn't tell, I, I picked that up when you announced movies. <laughs> movies, <laughs> go. 
someone at least 20 years old, 20, 25 years old, uh, that you'd like to see a part two. Oh, wow. Or it could be a prequel. Could be a prequel. I want to spend more time with these. Characters. You want to spend more time with these characters. You 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 want to know either more about what happens after or what happened before, um, or or something along those lines. And um, man, I've got a two parter, but 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 go ahead. No no go. He's stalling. He's, he's Dan's going to come in with him. Dan's going to come in and win. I would say I would love. Dan's to. too young. He didn't see movies twenty five years ago. No, but he's. He, but he. God, I'm not that young. <laughs> You're younger than people. I'm almost. I'm almost forty. Yeah, but he is. He, yeah, you are that. So young. you weren't seeing R-rated movies yeah. 25 years yeah. ago. Probably. I would not. like yeah. to know ultimately one of two things: what happened to Prince Humperdinck, and what happened with Wesley and Buttercup in The Princess Bride. See, I don't know. I mean, a sequel to that would just be... Make your case. But Humperdink? It seems it's, Humperdink and it the albino perfect. flea? It seems perfect. Do we want to do we want to go back there? Are you going to trying to make a gonna, comeback? It's like uh, you know, how how much They maybe, didn't battle to the pain. He is he's got he's got He's, think got, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. That's he's the not... sequel. The sequel is like Princess Bride Two: Colin Humperdinck's Revenge. Yeah, I feel like that would be. I feel like that would at least generate more box office success than the Princess Bride did, and that is a that is a lower hurdle than you might think. Yeah, yeah. No, that is that is one of those beloved movies. It's one of those movies that people are like. What do you mean it didn't make a lot of money? Right. For the box office. Three weeks and was done. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it really didn't. I feel like there's. I feel like Princess Bride. Dan? I, I have seen Princess Bride. Like, I'm. I, I don't. I don't know if that's part of the Dan Super Young over here, but I, I have seen that film. There was. Actually, I'll, I'll get. I'll go to this like off mic because I, I don't. I, but you've seen that. But what have you got? You have anything in the movies you want to see part two or a prequel? No, not really. Not I'm not a big fan of prequels or sequels, to be honest. I I'm fine if a good story is just a good story. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe my mind doesn't work like a, a, a movie studio producer and trying to you know dollar signs for eyes over here. But if, <laughs> <laughs> like a good a good story. If there's a good story and it right. ends, like okay, let's let's get another good story going. We don't have to expand upon this. It's like no, no, we need to expand upon it, and we need adorable creatures to sell for merchandise. Yes, <laughs> yes. that's what we need. <laughs> or, or as uh, Michael J. Fox said, the the title of Back to the Future Two was Back to the Bank. Back Back to the bank. Back to the bank. <laughs> back for more cash. What about? I mean, that's a great example, though. That seriously is a great oh, example. Yeah. Like, like Back to the Future, self-contained, is one of the best movies of all time. And uh, you, uh, the sequels are, are fun. Don't get me wrong, but they don't do anything to make the first movie better. No, right? no, they were they they were they could have been good movies because you wanted to spend more time with the characters. Uh, yes, but but the way they did it just didn't wasn't but very to, successful. To, execution. to Dan's point, I mean the fact that so many movies, uh, so many original movies, not based on source material, but so many original movies, when the um, actors sign the contract to be in the movie, frequently there is a clause that essentially binds them. If we're coming back, you're coming For back. Two more yes, movies. That's right. Which is what, like, I remember my daughters went to see Pitch Perfect two, and I was like, "How was it?" And they're like, "Eh, you know, it was pretty good." 
and one of them said, I, I hope they're not going to make Pitch Perfect 3. I was like, they are 100% going to make Pitch Perfect 3, because the first two made enough money. And that's just how this goes. I couldn't watch any of those movies. This, this my body tried to, like, my skin legitimately tried to crawl off of my body as soon as they started singing in those films. I, I couldn't deal with it. Too the, cringy. Too much acapella? I mean, acapella is is potentially the most embarrassing thing somebody could possibly do. So, yes, more, more More than mine? I, I, you know, yes, more than mime, okay. because because acapella can bother you from the other room. <laughs> One of that's so great. One of the greatest Molly Fool moments that, like, in the office. I'm going to tell a story, and I don't know if if it's ever been told outside of these walls. But okay, Dan, make a mark. We're going to edit this out. Maybe. No, no, no. This is actually this is actually just funny. Well, you might you might get a certain we'll set of people like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. We got. I know the story. Yeah, Bill Barker made a throwaway mocking line about mimes, and we received. A, it was a, this was in a written back in the days when we back, wrote. everything was written when everything yeah, was, was an article. Yes, and we got this multi-paragraph response from a mime saying how mimes are disrespected, how he did not expect this from the motley fool that he you know that that we should be better than this. On and on and on and on, and Pill Barker's response was. Pretty wordy for a mime. <laughs> I was, was going to say, what, what, he didn't leave a voicemail? <laughs> what, do, do you remember what you wrote that, that uh, resulted in this person? It was just an aside. It wasn't even a clause. It was, you know, it was like so and so, like, you can make fun of this, like, one of the few things you're still allowed to make jokes about other than mimes. You know? <laughs> Something like that. It was like the French. It was probably like you're, you're right. absolutely allowed to make jokes about the French, you know. And, and like, mime America was not pleased. Uh, have you topped? Have you topped? I'm, I'm going back to the idea? movies. What, what's your? Oh, idea? I, I'm sorry. That just reminded me of. Uh, the great line in Spinal Tap, where the they're, they're at the mime is money. Yeah, they're at the party where mimes are the wait staff, and it's like, let's go, come on, keep moving, push the you know, push the product out there. Let's go, mime is money, mime is money. <laughs> uh, no, mine was Princess Bride. I've got more. Well, see, the reason, and then uh, here's my response to going back there. It's it's already that the story is boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. That's the end of the story. They like the problem with. Going past Boy Gets Girl Back is it's very difficult to tell something interesting about a happy couple. You got a middle-aged Fred Savage reading a story to his kid. <laughs> so you just want to have a sad version of oh, yeah. Go Back. Oh yeah. By the way, you're 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 making it clear why you have nowhere in the multiverse is there a version of you that's a movie producer. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just like, no, nah, I, I get that this is going to make money, but I just don't think artistically it works. It's like, okay, well, guess who's no longer running a movie I want, studio? No, there's there's there are many versions of me in the multiverse that have no no ethics or artistic sensibility, including this one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just not in this segment of this one. Gotcha. Um, so here are a couple of ideas, uh, just uh, characters I'd like to see more of: Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. 
I would I wouldn't mind like just sure them up to yeah. more hijinks uh, up you know part two. I don't particularly care what the story is. I don't particularly you know didn't care about the first one. Right? Did they win or lose at the end? It doesn't really matter. Didn't really. You do have a little one. bit of a uh, you do have a little bit of a risk of that being like the Hangover two. Right, like the same exact well, yes. movie, but somehow not charming. Except there wasn't that much money in it the first time, so yeah. it would be, and then Steve Martin would have more artistic control. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I would hope for better. Although I, I do, I do wonder if that movie benefited from when it was made, because if you think about just let's move off of movies and move to sitcoms. If you just think about the escalation in successful sitcoms about people who are not particularly redeemable. And it's like you start with Seinfeld and then Prince Humper Dinks on that list. And then you and then you move <laughs> then you move to like um, It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Where it's just and then just, you know, whatever Larry. But that David goes wants on for de- decades. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying like it, it, in the same way that in the horror movie genre, there are things that are commonplace now and have been for decades in horror movies that were completely original in the movie in, in the first Halloween movie. So that p- young fans of horror movies, when they watch Halloween for the first time, it doesn't have the same effect because it's like, oh well, they're, they're just doing it. It's like, no, this this invented all of these tropes. You know the the. Villain who's not actually dead and all that sort of thing. So I don't know that Dirty Rotten Scoundrels would have the same bite in this decade as it did 35 years ago. All right. So here's here's tell me what you think of this because I'm not sure about it, but it might might be good. Um, the Usual Suspects. I'm not going to give uh, not no spoiler alerts here, but um, I mean. Kaiser Soze is not done. If, here's the thing. If P- here's the thing, we don't really know. Maybe. Anything about Kaiser Sose. True. So a prequel could be any story you wanted. Like Kaiser Sose, you could go everywhere on that one. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I, that would be a. You've been in a lot of places, Bill, but you finally did bring some value to this topic. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good like shot. The, the narrator is somewhere between 100% unreliable. But maybe there's something in there that that is related to what you would cover in a prequel. And if we take the narrator um, at, let's just call it fifty percent face value, you've got a really dark prequel there. You've got oh, yeah. <laughs> you're oh, going to yeah. visit some dark places. You're oh, yeah. visit, so so this is one of those like, okay, is this a series? Is this an HBO Max thing where it's like, look, yeah. just so you know, there's a lot of yeah, this a lot is of blood in this, this one. Is, there's a lot of murder, <laughs> a lot of killings, a lot of killings. If in you this love one. killing. Uh, although, I mean, the actual violence in the movie was not uh, particularly graphic. In the Usual Suspects, yeah, I mean there were some gunshots. There were some gunshots. There was, no, it wasn't. I mean, the, in the in the the burned of, guy was a little the rough. sort of yeah. I mean the burned yeah. the burned Hungarian guy in the uh, look compared yeah. to what they put at you on HBO nowadays. It's true. I mean, it's not exactly it's Game of Thrones in terms of you right. know the, exactly. the graphic violence. Yeah, but I mean you can go there. Look, Kaiser Sose might have a few things you know in his past if he even existed. Are you familiar with Craig Mazin? That name? No. He was a he's a writer and a director, and he did one of the most incredible right turns for for a career that I have seen. 
he was responsible for such deeply valued and um, productions like Scary Movie Three and Scary Movie Four and Hangover Part Two and Hangover Part Three, not Hangover Part One. And then after Hangover Part Three, he wrote Chernobyl. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> like, if that's your background, if that's if if, if that is your CV, scary, is someone saying scary movie three? Also, Chernobyl. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wow. Well, he dealt with the horror a little bit. He did. He did. So he knew something about that. Yeah. I just don't see what astonishing. in what is in that background that suggests oh he's going to treat Chernobyl and people who were from the Soviet Union at that time are going to look at it and say that production nailed everything. What okay, happened? but like do we give all sorts of props to writers who are writing about something that already happened in the real world? If they write about it well, I, I think if they write about it well, yeah. Like he, now, like, I like he didn't come Chernobyl. up with that story on his own. No, he didn't you come up I mean? with Chernobyl on his own. Like that thing, that thing happened. Yes, it did happen. But what, he, where he really, really captured things that were that that were a surprise even for people who knew the story is that he was really able to capture the internal politics in the Soviet Union at the time that prevented people from doing the right thing up and down the line it was it was to me one of the most terrifying productions i have ever seen and to your point it was historical all right well thank you for that explanation what, to that point, Dan, what is uh, film writing that you particularly enjoy, respect, mm-hmm. admire? Because um, I, I don't peg you as someone who necessarily is a huge fan of world building in the in the way that you know. Because he's a nihilist. What no, is this? no, no. no world, I mean, world building, world building can can be tough in in movies, especially in a feature film where you're only got you know around two hours to to do something. Uh, I don't know. I I generally like stories that are you know not too like. Uh, I actually think uh, um, our Kaiser Soze uh, uh, Unusual Suspects is actually a very good example of really really strong writing because it doesn't. Take time to explain a whole lot. Yeah. It just lets the 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 viewer make the connections in their own brain, and and then when you you know get to the point of that movie where things are a little bit uh, spelled out for everybody, it's it's a big like holy smokes moment. Uh, and I, I think that's when it comes to like a visual medium like that. Yeah, don't explain stuff. I always hate it when a movie starts with like voiceover and text. You know, and they're just like spelling it out for you. Where I, I think that that's I think that's the laziest Star thing a movie Wars, can do. Star well, it's, <laughs> the star. I mean, like okay, you know about like, that though, right? You know about why the, like Star, Star Wars? Star, yes, Wars starts with a crawl. No, why? <laughs> because um, this is in the HBO documentary about Steven Spielberg, and early in the documentary, it um, goes into the relationship he has with other young. Up and coming directors, George Lucas, Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, and they're competing with one another, but they're also, they have respect for each other and they're, you know, and they want, you know, opinions. And so Lucas has a rough cut of Star Wars and shows it uh, to the three of them, and then they go out to dinner. And 
um, there's um, there's a lot that's unclear, not just because there aren't special effects, but but so he shows it to them. They go out to dinner, and Brian De Palma is is just like knocking back glasses of wine, and Lucas can tell that his friends are not being completely straight with him about like you know they're like no it was good I liked it you know and um, and finally Brian De Palma just explodes in a, in the restaurant at George Lucas. He's like, what the hell is going on? What is this? Like, is is this a war? Are these people? Is this about religion? Like, he's just like unloading on Lucas, and Lucas just sort of like is taken aback a little bit and just sort of explained to him like, well, no, there's there's this empire and there's a rebellion and 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 the you know the the religion thing that's really the and he's explaining all this stuff to De Palma and De Palma just looks at me and goes, none of that is clear, <laughs> none of that. And Lucas starts to panic a little bit because he's like, well, like we've already done all the shooting, like what do I do now? And De Palma's like, you should just do like they did in the 30s and just just have a crawl, just explain, just tell people right at the outset what's happening because that's the only way you're going to fix this. Because I have no. And it just makes me love that. Like now, whenever I see the opening crawl on any Star Wars thing, it just makes me think of that. I mean, the the crawl though. Okay, maybe it started off as a you know a funny thing like that. Sure, but like you look at the last three Star Wars movies, and it's a crutch. It is. They used that thing. They they brought Emperor Palpatine back in the crawl in the last movie. You know what it would have been cool to see in a Star Wars movie, gang? Emperor Palpatine coming back. That might have been something cool. They'll get to it. They'll get. They'll get to that. They will get to it in a Disney Plus series soon. I would have later. loved one of those crawls to start with. Like, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Palpatine. If those are the actual words. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Disney Plus, Palpatine. We're going to find out how it happened. Yeah. So I threw something out a long time ago, threw out it again last night. So there was this uh, couple, they had a wedding, and um, some of the attendees at the wedding were disappointed that uh, there was no food or beverage right. at the wedding, and the uh, the wedding host had spent the money that otherwise might have gone to food and beverage on. Having Mickey Mouse and because <laughs> the, the wedding was at Disney, right? No, no, they were just big Disney fans, oh, and I'm not God. judging. You remember this? Yes, you are. You remember this? Uh, yeah. And so, through again, through no fault of your own, you're not able to have food and beverage at your wedding. Got about a hundred people. Say there was about. Uh, about 100, 180 bucks uh, per person for food and beverage that you would have been able to allocate about you know 30 bucks for food 150 for alcohol um, and uh, so you got you got uh, you know eighteen thousand dollars to play with here Two. on something that you're gonna have at your wedding that you're gonna be able to defend for the rest of your life like you came here to my wedding as you know through no fault of my own I was not able to have food and beverage at my wedding but oh. That money went to this cool thing. Okay, what do you got? But just to be clear, it was through their fault. We're not throwing this couple, this couple under the bus. This couple I, I, that we don't know and he's not listening to us right now. No, right. I, I feel pretty right. confident saying like, no, that's totally their fault. fault. They, they, they didn't a, replace it with cholera. Like <laughs> they, they made a conscious decision. Like we could spend money on food and beverage, mm -hmm. and instead we're going to spend it on Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse because uh, we're big Disney fans, and uh, we told everyone ahead of time. And I like. 
when I saw that, I thought, oh, if if I were friends with those people, I'm not entirely sure I would go to their wedding. Yeah. Or I would go to the wedding and just be like, all right, um, let's let's go out to. I'm not going to a reception so I can see Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. Nobody tuned in or is still listening to this podcast to hear you trash some unknown couple who like Mickey and Minnie Mouse. What they want to know is how you would have adopted this situation and produced out of this tragedy of not having food and alcohol something decent. So it basically comes down to you want to you want people to walk away saying. That was worth it. What'd you do this weekend? I went to the this wedding. Here's the thing, at the reception there was no, f- you know, because uh, a common question is like open bar. No, there was no open bar. There was no food. But as, what they did as have, you recall, there were vending machines at the at the wedding. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Um, which is oh god, no defense whatsoever. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I. I. I like. I, that hit me on a gut level. Even though <laughs> you've I, still never been able to move past it. Well, yeah, because I sort of grew up in the school of. No, if you're throwing a party, you you give people something to eat and you give them something to drink. Now it doesn't have to be. Filet mignon, and it doesn't have to be Dom Perignon champagne, stuffing. but you got to get stuffing. I mean, stuffing. Who, who I mean, would uh, that? Heck it's of like a George Costanza. If I show up with, with, with the, you know, with ho hos and Pepsi, we're thrilled. Um, Dan, any thoughts on what what would make you come away from a wedding reception and say, tell me? On a Monday, like, what'd you do this weekend? You're like, I went to this wedding. There was no food and beverage, but holy cow, they had fill in the blank. So here's the thing. I think that the gift that this couple is giving all of their guests is the lifelong ability <laughs> to, talk about, along the way. to talk about the worst wedding they ever went to. To whine about their first world problems. I went to a wedding and I had to no, buy my the, own here's the thing, here's the thing. food. All of, us, all of us are reacting in the same way to this story, which is of, of horror. Yeah. Like if you, especially if this couple didn't tell people in advance oh, that yeah. there would be no food or beverage, but Mickey and Minnie, Minnie Mouse were going to be there. Like I don't know, y'all. Like th- That's to me, bad. to me, I I could you know, and you guys know me, I'm a little bit of a complainer. I could complain about this wedding for the rest of my life. Would be happy without even having been there. You might be able no, to complain but, but about it. But to his point, it's like it's like oh, you know that internet meme that went around. I was there. I was there. <laughs> yes. I was there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah no, that's, that's, that is the gift. That's yeah. a pretty good gift, I think, actually. I, and I know that this couple probably didn't plan for that because that's like a, I don't know, metagaming unbeknownst it, to anyone. But to, that's, to, it's, it's, I think it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. It is pretty remarkable to stay with the, the, the principle of this story. I think it's got to be some other form of entertainment that costs eighteen thousand dollars, but that the, that the reasonable guest would think was pretty cool. Yeah, so, it's like the Rolling Stones were. were yeah, but playing. they'd be five hundred thousand dollars easy. Yeah, Howard Jones, you could get for eighteen thousand dollars, and anyone who's anywhere close to our age would be, hey, you know what? That's pretty great. 
I've never. Yeah. I don't even know who Howard you Jones got, is. You got Life in One Day. You got Ricky J to walk around and do some close up magic for everybody. Yeah, yeah, close up magic from from Ricky J. We, we had somebody at a, a party that we were at do close up magic. Yes, and, and was, we had it, no food. It was not worth eighteen. No, it was. <laughs> and and also that party had no food. I think That's that, true. Wasn't That's that true. a wasn't that a fool party? Yes, <laughs> yes. We're not complaining. People who organize parties for the Molly Fool. It is just that. Mistakes were made. F- f- food's more useful than close-up <laughs> I mean, it's got to be some like some '80s or '90s star, Debbie Gibson, happy to be asked eighteen thousand it, dollars. It, yeah, it's got to be something that you can walk away. It, but what are you going to do while Debbie Gibson is up there singing? What you got vending machines? <sighs> no, like ultimately, Dan nailed it. It comes down to the story. It's like, not going to go what's well. What's the best story to tell people? Yeah. So it's either we were at this internet meme wedding, or it's. Here's a photo of me and fill in the blank could, person. Could you get the entire Brady Bunch for 18k? I don't think so. <laughs> aren't, aren't some of them dead? <laughs> no. Well, then they don't cost anything. Much, That's much, perfect. Much like the immortal Richie, uh, Ricky J. Yeah. Yeah. No longer with us. I really, I, I really feel like it's a has been musical star that people would be excited to have seen. Like Even Bruce, under the circumstances, like Bruce Springsteen, yeah, it's got to be a story. Still going to be more than. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can't. He said has been. You can't. That was the joke. You can't go to That's the right. back row of a Springsteen That's concert right. for eighteen k. That's right. He is. He's not a has been. He is an is b. <laughs> Try getting a ticket for twenty one k to one of his shows. Hope they didn't pay eighteen thousand dollars to have Mickey and Minnie there. I no, no, no. It was less than that. But okay. I'm, I'm trying to work with like a little bit bigger budget so that we can get something better than Mickey and Minnie. Like, uh, oh, well, I got HR Puff and stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't think you're breaking the bank for HR Puff and stuff. <laughs> but wait a second. If you had HR Puff and stuff at your wedding. <laughs> Many weddings these days do. <laughs> it would be so much better than Mickey and Minnie. So much better. Uh...